Hello and welcome back to the Band Biographies podcast. I'm your host, Tom Austin Morgan, and I'm here to let you know what's been going on since the last episode went out and what you can expect from the next one out next week. Firstly, I'd like to thank Aaron for the time he took to talk to me last month. Again, apologies to you and him that the file wasn't the cleanest, but I'm positive that the conversation was good enough and full of as much information as you could want about independent documentary making and, of course, the blasting room itself. Now, you might hear a bit of a difference in my voice as well on this episode. I have finally succumbed to covid I'm about two days into my positive testing and uh, yeah if my voice sounds a little bit tired that's because I'm coughing and sneezing and uh, all kinds of really rank stuff. I won't go into the gory details but yeah please do bear with me on this episode as well. I'll try and cut out as many of the awful noises that are going on as I can but there might be a few that slip through so I'm sorry about that. Now there have been no new Apple podcast reviews this month. I love hearing about what you think of the show, your occasional links to the bands and musicians I feature, and more than that, simply about you yourself. So please do reach out and get in touch on social media, but most of all, please leave a review. It really does help to get the show noticed by more people when they're looking for music podcasts to listen to. I've had a fairly busy month music-wise myself, playing five gigs with two bands, three of them within a week, and on one of those dates playing in both bands, luckily at the same venue. One of the dates we supported a metal band called Wolfsbane, fronted by Blaze Bailey who at one point replaced Bruce Dickinson in Iron Maiden between 1994 and 1999, which was pretty cool, and also the biggest crowd I've played to in 2022. Last weekend I went down to my local venue to meet Cass and Josh from the Sewer Cats and watch them play as well as some other great bands called Girls Like Us and Pink Suits. Definitely check those out as well. The Sewer Cats were brilliant and the guys were great fun to hang out with, although you never get as much time as you'd like with musicians at one of their own gigs. It's great that this podcast has afforded me the chance to discover brilliant bands like these and even get to start friendships with them. Now, tonight I was supposed to be off to see Adamant in concert, but uh, obviously catching COVID means I can't do that. But also, luckily, on the same day I tested positive, well, I say luckily, on the same day I tested positive, so did Adam himself. So hoping that he has a speedy recovery and uh, the rescheduled dates are in September. So it's going to be like six months later than I should originally have seen him because he postponed these dates back in March as well. And it just so happens that I think I'm playing a festival in Hanover in Germany on the Saturday and the gig that he's rearranged that I've got tickets for is on the Sunday. So I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. But there you go. Covid, eh? you got to love it. And now, here's the news. At the end of May, the guitar that Kurt Cobain used in the video for Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit, a 1969 Fender Mustang Competition Lake Placid Blue Finish Electric Guitar, went to auction. It was estimated to sell between $600,000 and $800,000, but ended up selling 
for 4.5 million. According to Julian's auctions, in honour of Mental Health Awareness Month, the Cobain family is donating a portion of the proceeds of the legendary guitar and select Kurt Cobain items to Kicking the Stigma, an initiative to raise awareness about mental health disorders and removing the stigma associated with these illnesses. Previously in June of 2020, Cobain's 1959 Martin D18E electroacoustic guitar from the band's MTV Unplugged appearance sold for just over $6 million, setting a new world record for the world's most expensive guitar. Rancid's Lars Fredriksson is touring the UK in August, starting at St Luke's in Glasgow on the 8th and finishing up at the Lafayette in London on the 20th. That Petrol Emotion, the band formed by Sean and Damien O'Neill after the undertones split up and ran from 1986 to 1993, releasing five studio albums along the way, are reissuing two of those albums. 1988's End of the Millennium Psychosis Blues and 1990's Chemicrazy are out in July via Rebellion remasters, with bonus tracks on the CD format. Both are said to have been dynamically remastered from original master tapes and expanded to feature 20 tracks each, which includes a selection of B-sides, non-album singles, live tracks and remixes, though the label has not yet revealed the full track listings for the albums. On May the 27th, Andy Fletcher, keyboardist and founding member of Depeche Mode, passed away at 60 years old. No cause of death has been made public, and Depeche Mode released a statement that read, We are shocked and filled with overwhelming sadness with the untimely passing of our dear friend, family member and bandmate Andy Fletch Fletcher. Fletch had a true heart of gold and was always there when you needed support, a lively conversation, a good laugh or a cold pint. Our hearts are with his family and we ask that you keep him in your thoughts and respect their privacy during this difficult time. A recut of the Sex Pistols' God Save the Queen music video has been released to celebrate this year's Platinum Jubilee. The new music video combines footage from the performance video shot by Julian Temple at the Marquee in 1977 with footage of the Thames Riverboat party on the Silver Jubilee Day in June that same year. On Again Off Again US punk band Screeching Weasel is releasing its latest album, The Awful Disclosures of Screeching Weasel, on July 15th. For this album, the band, which has more previous members than you can shake a very long stick at, is composed of Ben Weasel, Mike Hunchback, Mike Kennedy, Zach Bradner and Pierre March. The Interrupters have announced more UK tour dates for this summer, supported by the Skints and the Barstool Preachers. The dates include the Marble Factory in Bristol on the 21st of August, Rock City Nottingham on the 23rd, Leeds Academy on the 24th, Manchester Academy on the 29th, the Birmingham Institute on September the 2nd, and the Brixton Academy on the 3rd. The band will be touring Europe earlier in August with the Barstool Preachers and is currently touring the US with Flogging Molly. Speaking of Flogging Molly, they will be releasing a new album called Anthem on September the 9th. The band have also released a live video for their new single, The Croppy Boy 98. 
Amil and the Sniffers have announced summer tour dates for Australia between July 15th and August the 12th before jumping across the Pacific to tour the US in September and October to promote the Comfort To Me album they released last year. Mount Westmore, the hip-hop supergroup made up of Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, E-40 and Too Short, has released its debut album called Bad MFs. However, right now you can only buy it as a series of NFTs. A platform called Gala Music sells NFTs associated with individual songs, similar to how iTunes allows you to buy a single song, except here you have to buy an NFT to get the track. To buy the NFT, you first have to buy a Gala Music token. To add to the confusion, the price of tokens fluctuates. Third-party crypto price tracking sites put the value of a Gala token at about 7 to 8 cents. That means an individual song and NFT combo costs about $300, and the price of the full LP costs $4,000. I just hope they decide to release it properly and at a realistic price soon. Blondie will be releasing a box set called Blondie Against the Odds 1974-1982 on the 26th of August. It will include the first six albums, as well as pretty much every B-side, rarity and outtake recorded for those albums. It will be available in the following versions. A Super Deluxe Collector's Edition, which is 10 LPs, 1 7 inch, 1 10 inch in red, white and black vinyl formats. A deluxe 4 LP, a deluxe 8 CD and 3 CD editions. The records were all remastered at Abbey Road Studios and the most expensive versions include 124 tracks, including 36 unreleased cuts. The Bomb Pops and The Last Gang are touring the US this August and September, while Coheed and Cambria have announced a full North American tour with Alkaline Trio and Mothica supporting. That tour is dubbed A Window in the Waking Mind Tour, and it will support Coheed and Cambria's upcoming album titled Vaxis 2 A Window of the Waking Mind, which was released on July 24th. The band will then tour the UK and Europe throughout October. Anti-Flag have announced tour dates from September through to December for the US and Canada. Select dates will be Anti-Fest festival dates and will feature a rotating lineup including Heart Attack Man, Mint Green, Dissidente, Bad Cop Bad Cop, We Are The Union, Suicide Machines, Gully Boys, Brendan Kelly, Cancer Bats, Indian Giver and Dilly Dally amongst others. The autumn dates join Anti-Flag's previously announced Quebec tour dates with Vulgaris Machines and Moody. And finally, Dropkick Murphys will release a new album called This Machine Still Kills Fascists on the 30th of September, which finds the band covering 10 Woody Guthrie tracks. One track, Dig a Hole, even samples Guthrie himself and has him record with the band, whatever that means. In a press release, singer Ken Casey stated the project has been a long time in the making. Nora Guthrie thought her father would get a kick out of us, would have liked us, that we were somewhat kindred spirits, so to speak, which to us was a huge honour. Long-time co-vocalist Al Barr is not on the record, but he is still in the band, 
According to the Dropkick Murphys publicist, he's still taking time off to attend to the kind of things that you have to attend to as you and the rest of your family gets older. Barr himself has said as much on his own Instagram, saying that he's still looking after his mother. I hope this all concludes as peacefully as it can soon, and that Al's back in the band as soon as possible. As for songs released this month, The Interrupters released another new song from their upcoming album, In The Wild. It's called Anything Was Better, and it is a lot better to my ears than the first song, In The Mirror, that they released last month. This one has got massive sing-along choruses, and I gotta get out of this shithole town narrative that I really love. My faith has been restored in the potential of the album, which is slated for a release in August. Another band that has released another new song ahead of its upcoming album is Muse. They released Will of the People at the beginning of this month, and it's doing that thing that Muse have been playing around with in recent years, mixing their heavy post-rock sound with 70s funk and glam, which I find kind of irresistible. Muse rarely disappoints, and I'm really looking forward to the new album, which is also coming in August. Now, since last I spoke to you, the FX TV series Pistol was released on the 31st of May via Star on Disney Plus here in the UK, which I love the inappropriateness of, as well as the fact that the same streaming service also brought us Pam and Tommy earlier this year. I'm sure Walt Disney would probably be turning in his grave. I was really worried about Pistol, and the series being complete crap, because the pictures that were being published from the set made it look like it was going to be awful, with actors that looked nothing like the characters they were playing. And I have to say that the first episode or two didn't do much to comfort me in that regard. All the characters looked a bit cartoonish, not helped by the fact that they don't look like the characters, and Danny Boyle's frenetic shooting style made the whole thing seem a bit cartoonish. What I came to understand though was that I was looking to pull it to pieces. I was second guessing everything that was happening on the screen because I know the story so well. I get the impression that a lot of the people complaining about it either didn't stick it through or didn't let go of that same attitude I had about it. However, I caught myself doing this and my partner seemed to be enjoying it more. So I switched off from critiquing it and just watched it. And after I did, I really started enjoying it for what it was, which is a fairly straightforward nuts and bolts biopic of a band with a relatively well-known story. There are no great revelations, though I will say that the Bodies episode was really affecting, with Pauline and her bag, because it showed you what you can't see when you read or listen to something. I've never really liked the song Bodies, and this episode didn't change my mind on that, It's always been an uncomfortable listen for me due to the subject matter and how Johnny Rotten approaches it vocally. It's a nasty song. I'm glad that the show pulled its punches just enough on this episode because the story behind that song and Pauline herself is harrowing. What I've realised while doing this podcast is that the Sex Pistols were a cartoon band and I'm not as big a fan of them as I was when I started. The look of Pistol really plays to that, and it's evident especially in the appearance of the characters and in some of their performances. 
For example, you can see Maisie Williams as Jordan, Beth Dillon as Susie Sue, and Iris Law as Sue Catwoman, even when they're in the background fleetingly. It's a bit like that Simpsons thing of Matt Groening wanting you to know who all the characters are just by their profiles. The main characters themselves are either incredible, like Sidney Chandler as Chrissy Hind, who is really the emotional way into the story for an outsider. Thomas Brodie Sangster manages to capture Malcolm McLaren's quirks and constant sloganeering. But the absolute standout for me was Anson Boone as Johnny Rotten, who seemed to embody this character completely. And the other characters are either fine or poorly fleshed out. I'd suggest watching it if you haven't already, but certainly watch it as though you don't know it all already. You'll enjoy it much more. Alternatively, you could simply go back to the first documentary episode of this very podcast and listen to my 90-minute documentary that covers around about the same time period, if not longer, in a fraction of the time. Enjoy. And do let me know what you thought of the series yourself. I'd love to hear all kinds of opinions on it, because obviously this podcast is just me talking to you. Do get in touch on social media or by email and let me know what you thought. I'd love to hear from you. Now, on to this month's episode, and I'm afraid that I still haven't completed the next documentary episode. It's turning into a complete epic, which I'm really excited about, but because of that, and the number of gigs I've played this month, as well as trying to earn money via my day job, and now COVID, this month's episode is going to be an episode of another podcast I've appeared on recently. Ryan Schaff produces a show called Broken Record Player Podcast, where he and a guest discuss an album. His musical taste is probably wider than mine, and he speaks authoritatively about all of them, and comes up with some really interesting ways of dissecting them. The episode that I appeared on was released on the 4th of February this year, and saw us talk about French house act Daft Punk's seminal 2001 album, Discovery. It was a great conversation, and I'm really happy that Ryan has allowed me to share this episode on my feed. I hope that you guys enjoy it if you hadn't listened to it when it originally aired, and that you go and subscribe to the Broken Record Player podcast, as he's sure to have covered an album you love. Let him know I sent you when you do subscribe. In fact, I had such a great time with Ryan on his podcast, that I'm going back on the show this Sunday, Covid and Voice permitting, to talk with him about the album Suffer by Bad Religion, one of my absolute favourite punk bands. So I'm really looking forward to that one. So the next episode of Band Biographies, which will be me and Ryan talking on his podcast, the Broken Record Player podcast, will be out on Friday the 1st of June. Until then, take care of yourselves. See you in the pit. Hey, it's Ryan here. 